Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. We're back for the first episode of this new season. And my goodness, what a game to come back into. I'm once again joined by Jordan Weimer and Tom Burdell. And guys, it's it, it feels so refreshing to talk about such a fantastic performance and the scoreline to go with it as well. How are you both first though, Jordan? How are you first? Yeah, doing very well. It feels good to be back. It feels feels potentially better to be back than we expected. So uh, yeah, doing doing very well. Thank you. And Tom, are you, are you good as well? Yeah, all good, mate. Funny one in the, I remember this time last season after we beat Burnley, I did a piece about the game, wrote about the game and I said, that felt different, but this feels even more different to the difference of last year. So I'm, I'm invigorated, uh, <laughs> despite not actually being there and taking in Wheelstone York instead. Even more different to the different of last different. That's exactly. a lot of difference. Exactly. Pick, pick <laughs> that apart. Make that make sense. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, shall we start off where we left off then? We were wondering what the starting lineup was going to be, and then it dropped, and everyone took a pause and was like, hang on a second, Ngakia starts and Morris is starting yeah. as well? Okay, that's that's interesting. What was your initial take on that, Jordan, when you saw the team drop? Um, I was initially a little bit negative, to be honest with you. I think, you know, Morris, I think there was, an, there was a bit of an argument for in the fact that Lewis had, had joined later on and, you know, potentially wasn't quite as far along in terms of preparation with, you know, with Ismail, with the team. So that was a little bit more expected, but I was more surprised with Ngakia. I think we, we referenced quite a lot um, the, the the Crystal Palace game, and the game really changed when when Edwards came on. Uh, Edwards, sorry, <laughs> we, Andrews came on <laughs> and replaced Ngakia. 
it would have really changed if Edwards had come on to play. Yeah, he's not a great right back anymore. Um, but when that change happened, it felt like it was quite a shift in in terms of performance. So, with also limited viewing of of other preseason games, it did feel like Andrews was most likely and the most positive to to start. So, you know, I've, I've been quite clear on how I feel about Ngakia, and I'm sure we'll get into his performances as well later on but you know he did really well so I was a little bit just maybe disappointed harsh but surprised to see it to be see it be that way also even the inclusion of Tom Dilly Bashiri was a slight slight curveball but I did have the feeling before the game that something was going to be a little bit different you know we, we try and predict beforehand but it's quite often on these first games of the season you see something just kind of come out of nowhere and suddenly you have what we had with uh with the two fullbacks in there and then a change in midfield Tom, I imagine that your initial reaction was was similar. Yeah, absolutely. And that was why I put on our Twitter, say something nice about the starting eleven because it was not what I expected. <laughs> I thought Ngakia might start. Morris was more of a surprise. Um, really? You thought, you thought Ngakia might start? Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't give you any kind of great depth of explanation as to why I just thought he might, but I thought... Um, Jamal Lewis would definitely start on the left-hand side now that he was in, but obviously not knowing whether he'd been involved with Newcastle or how involved he'd been with Newcastle and so on while they were in the States. It was, you know, really just he is the new signing to play left-back, so he should start. Tom Dilly Bashir was a surprise, but to be honest with you, um, given the kind of paucity of information coming out of the club this summer around games and friendlies, I mean, there, you know, which is the club's prerogative, how any of us could have made a particularly uh, educated guess on how we'd line up, I don't know. So uh, it probably was all a surprise. Not so much a surprise, but we were wondering how they were going to go with regards to Sarauta. And it did end up that he played that kind of holding midfield role and able to drop into the, the middle of the of the defence when required as well. And, um, it, you know, for the most part, it, it, it looked like it, it worked really well, Jordan. Yeah, he was um he was actually monstrous in that position. He he was great. Uh it was it, uh, it was interesting because you know the, the game again, I keep referencing the referencing the Paris game because we didn't have too much to view in preseason really, did we? So uh in that one in particular, he was dropping in a lot more between that back three and part of that may have been because Palace were a little bit more kind of offensively threatening than, than QPR yesterday but Siriata didn't really have to drop into that in, into that back line too much at all he really did just play in that I need, we need to work out a word to actually describe his role I kind of I've loosely been going with like a half six but <laughs> just through lack of a better um, better option I like but, it I like yeah, it he just yeah. is really, it's, it's really you know it's unique um, it, it's a position that you definitely wouldn't have I've necessarily kind of picked for him in the first place, but the, the way he used the ball was very good. His movement was good. And I think also too, what becomes, what allows him to be successful in that area, the, the movement around him ahead of him, the kind of intelligence, the players that he was playing with, you know, put him in that position to succeed and, and play relatively simple with the ball, but always be an option to receive it. Uh, and then always use it quite, quite cleanly, quite tidy. Uh, and then defensively, you really saw, uh, you really saw some of that defensive ability come through. I was concerned that he might be a bit rash at times, and you know we, we still have to see him against better opponents to to judge clearly. But uh, he was well timed with his challenges. He he covered the ground well. He 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 went in when he had to, and he came away with the ball. 
it was really, really effective. And um, it, it was good to see us try something different and, and have it pay off so well. Yeah, and it, it paid off really quickly as well. 30 seconds gone, Tom, and Watford already had the ball in the back of the net. Tom Deli-Bashira getting things started off for us this season. And, um, I mean, it was such a well-worked goal as well. It wasn't, uh, you know, a poached effort or, or something that, you know, like, uh, you know, the the one from it's from Saar early on in uh, last season. It was a really well-worked team goal, which which really caught the eye. Yeah, absolutely was. And I think... It- before you get into the kind of the way it was constructed as much as anything, given the team news, given the kind of all the angst, certainly on social media over the summer, um, you know, kind of pots out sentiment, et cetera, et cetera. It was exactly what we needed, wasn't it? Just to quell any kind of doubts. Cause I can well imagine that if, you know, if we'd have kind of toiled away for 20 minutes, half an hour without offering a lot or without scoring, the kind of grumbles wouldn't have been far away at all. So to have that kind of release, I think, for for those that were actually at the game and, and watching around the world, I imagine that was huge and probably took a great deal of pressure off the players. In terms of the build-up, I mean, it's an absolutely stunning, stunning pass from Imran Loser. just that first time little kind of reverse ball into... Um, Tom Daly Bashir, I nearly called him uh, for Kumbaya. We'll come on to him. Uh, that first time kind of reverse pass into him is, is is something else. I just think highlights what you can get from loser uh, and why he is so important. Obviously, we missed him for a great deal of last season. Um, but hopefully, you know, he stays fit. He's one of a number that you hope kind of if he stays fit can be can be really important this season. But even before that, you know, I think the intensity to kind of win the ball back and we won the free kick, build from there. It's Porteous um, and Morris in kind of everybody getting involved in those early stages, doing their kind of roles. Morris driving into the middle there. And I know, Jordan, you talked a lot about the inverted wingbacks on or fullbacks, I should say, on Twitter. Porteous was, seemed to be very kind of progressive with his passing. You kind of everybody plays their role to a T and it's um, it's obviously a really well-taken goal. So great start. And uh, from I text my friend at that point and said, nothing can go wrong now. And little did I know I was actually going to be right for one. <laughs> um, yeah, Jordan, coming off of that point and um, perhaps you can help out, um, well, me in particular, because I'm, I'm awful with this. Uh, how were we playing tactically? What what was the, the the roles that you identified that were different to how we had played last season? Uh, talk a bit of that uh, about the inverted win backs that that Tom was just talking about there, and anything else that you that you felt that was particularly relevant for for that game. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, also, just to get off nice and early, we do at some point this week want to get hopefully something a little bit more detailed out here because I'm going to talk pretty broadly and try and go into these things, but I feel like it'd be much more kind of effective when we have time to kind of get everything a little bit more granular, a little bit more kind of streamlined that we can go through it in, in maybe a bit of a clearer way. And with pictures. Yeah, potentially, yeah, potentially some visual cues and just, you know, have time to kind of go through the game again and and really be precise. I think there's a lot to go through. Um, and you could spend as much time as you want on quite a lot of these things. There was a lot of different aspects to the team. Uh, but, you know, broadly speaking, we saw the same shape uh, that we've seen in pre-season. Uh, playing with that back four, um, effectively a four-three-three with Syriata sitting in that kind of six role. But the, I mean, the main difference from the start, of course, we saw 
that intensity. Um, you know, we look at preseason. I think we kind of saw a bit of a light version of that. You know, still playing with it with a difference, but this game, you know, the first competitive game of the season, you could really see it was up another gear. Um, the the work was great um, from the players. You know, application was really really good. Uh, and one of the things I do like about this 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 sort of team, this sort of shape, this this sort of system is it. Once you get past that halfway line, you it, it, although there's structure. Um, and in the back and the way you build up and the way you control the football when you have it, there is that element of freedom and, and chaos you're looking to cause. But it, it requires or, it, you know, you're giving a lot of trust to those players to, to to pick up in those spaces and understand where they need to be relative to their teammates, relative to the ball. It's not just a situation of I'm in my position, I'm a, you know, I'm a central midfielder, I'm an eight or whatever. I've got to be occupying this role and here's what I've got to play the ball. It's a case of, you know, that space is free that can help us get the ball at the pitch. I'm going to get into that space and the teammates around you knowing, you know, how to react accordingly to it. It, it requires something of the players. And I think that's when you, you talk about preseason and what's important. I think those sorts of things are why you see, you know, some of these guys that have been here since day one. We've had new, a couple of new signings coming in, but it's the, the guys that have been here from day one of preseason. They're the ones that were rewarded, were, were rewarded. That's hard to say. Um, it, it was it was very evident that they understood what they were doing, and not often have we seen a team at what or a group of players at Watford kind of take on their responsibilities so quickly and so well. Um, you know, we talk about maybe Chris Wilder at first, first couple of games as the one maybe against Cardiff. I think it was we were really good um, in the first half, but you know we we struggled. But this one just looked so precise, and it was it was it was done extremely well. Um, I don't want to just rant on forever here. I guess I should kind of be a bit more, you know, specific with the points. You mentioned the, the fullbacks. We'll talk about those first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the fullbacks coming inside, I mean, it's, it, it just creates so many more options for Syriata as well, but the, the wingers in front can really take on those wide areas. Um, the two number eights in, in, Imran Loser and Tom Dele Bashiri, they can push up and always create a front four, uh, with Bayo in front as, as the kind of one up, up top. And it, it gives you so many options in terms of possession. Uh, but what it really requires, I mean, firstly, more than anything, you can position those players there. But are they going to respond well when they're in those positions? If you asked me beforehand, I probably would have said no, especially with Ngakia. But, you know, it, once they get possession, they've got options in possession. They can also carry the ball. It makes it extremely hard for the opposition to pick up because, you know, this is this is a space that's not traditionally going to be occupied by this number of bodies. You, you've maybe going to take those gambles that if you do have a quick turn of, over of possession that you you have got that kind of fullback area quite open. Um, if not, kind of covered accordingly if your centre-backs aren't able to get there. And I think, you know, that's an area we've got to be covering and looking at in the future. Obviously, your goalkeeper comes into play here and becomes a little bit of a shield as well try and pick up some of those spaces and and maybe even find himself in some of those areas having to clear the ball and so on. But it allows us to be so much more um, dominant or um, kind of uh, proactive in terms of our use of the ball. And I thought Morris was really good there when he came in. And Gaki, you know, he he did fine. He's Not that he was bad by any means at doing that. But if you look at the two players in that first half, James Morris was coming inside and effectively playing in central midfield for large portions of the game. And his confidence to ask the ball play it quickly. You know, sometimes it's simple as getting the ball back into him and, and touching back to the goalkeeper and restarting. But to come in there and play with that sort of confidence in possession and, and use the ball, and you're playing through some tight angles too. You're playing through some some difficult spaces. Uh, his use of the ball was really good. And again, the understanding was so good. You know, he can only do that with confidence because he knows that the players around him know what's required of them too. And it just looked like a really well 
really well-drilled team that understood exactly what was required of them and you know we can go into multiple multiple elements of of what made it successful but that's that's definitely one that stood out from the first minute yeah so tactically there was a big change but there was also a change in mindset as well Tom and um, after the game uh, Ishmael was talking to the press and he said you know the starting 11 they were all here last season and it shows what can be achieved with a change of mindset and you know he's, he's is bang on, isn't he? Because they just seemed like they were really enjoying their football, whereas at times last season, it, it, maybe it didn't come across that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such an interesting point and a very kind of marked comment. Um, it's not the word I'm really looking for, but pointed comment, I think, from Ismail as well. You know, how many times last season did we talk about, and, and Jordan particularly being the one that's very kind of tactically astute, about just a team that didn't look like it had a plan, a team that didn't look like it was coached, a team that you couldn't work out what they'd done from Monday to Friday on the training ground, whereas that couldn't have been more far removed from the truth yesterday. There was nobody new in that starting eleven, and we actually saw a lot of players who were considered surplus to requirements. Yesterday, you know, Bayer was out on loan for the second half of the season. Morris was um, really back up. Ngakia was back up. Sierra Alta was out of the picture. Um, you know, Tom Deli Bashiru wasn't really in the picture for a lot of the season. Mateus Martins barely got a look in. Yeah. And I think the thing that's, you know, probably been overlooked a little bit maybe in all of this is the comment that Scott Ducks we made at the fans forum about all the players that will be here this season want to be here. And you just think it kind of goes back to that old hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, doesn't it? It's all very well and good having the kind of big names and what have you. But if if they're not prepared to commit to what the team needs from them and, and do the kind of the hard work and the ugly work and the unseen work, then it, it really doesn't matter. And I, I think for large periods of last season, it just felt like, the attitude was, we've got great attackers. You know, we've got Saar, we've got Pedro, Keenan Davis, maybe to some extent. We'll kind of figure out the attacking stuff off the cuff. And, you know, those guys, I'm not going to batter them because Pedro is excellent. I think Saar was a lot better than a lot of people gave him credit for. Um, but it felt like we were kind of a genuine team and, and greater than the sum of our parts. And it just shows what can be done with some proper coaching obviously the caveat here is that QPR were really poor you know we we knew they were not in great shape all the kind of noise around them prior to the game was that they were among the favourites to be relegated um, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of bears out over the next few weeks and uh, you know hopefully it wasn't a flash in the pan but certainly if nothing else you, you get the belief that you get the feeling that there's a lot of belief and buy-in to what Ismail's trying to do. And if we've got that, then we're we're halfway there, I'd say. Yeah, it's a weird thing to say, but you have to fear for Ainsworth's job already just because of the way that the negativity around that place, it, it's just, it's come from the pre-season straight into the first league game. And you have to wonder how many games he's going to get before, you know, ultimately he's, he's replaced. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for him. And, you know, QPR were poor. There's no there's no doubt about it. They were poor. But what I will say, you know, in regards to how we handled it, we've played and lost to plenty of bad teams uh, over the years. And I think this is, you know, when we've, when we've talked about Watford in the past and we've, we've kind of been playing against these teams where you expect us to beat or you kind of expect us to be, you know, dominating and trying to, especially at home, um, trying to break them down and, and just be effective. I, I think it really emphasises kind of the individualistic, indiv- 
I'm messing up my words, I can't even talk here. The individual <laughs> kind of methodology, methods we put into place to try and just try and win games. Now we weren't we weren't a structured team for for a number of years. We haven't really had that. Uh, that style of play which allows you to you know to adapt per per opponent and break things down it's often the case of you know keep yourselves in the game let the players go out there and, and do what they can and you've got the likes of Pedro and Sara I know that's simplifying things a lot but I think it was difficult uh, to work with the group that we had previously and you know given given Ismail some kind of input into into the players that he wants and doesn't want uh, and, and allowing him to work with those. And you, know, you can see it paying off early. And again, it was against QPR and they are struggling and Ainsworth looks lost. I mean, there's there's no doubt that that was a, a bad team we played. But you know, I, I just, I would not have confidence in last year's team beating that QPR even at, at the time. So I'm still going to take away a plenty of positives from from how we handled ourselves and how we conducted uh, our performance in general from start to finish. Yeah, uh, and we could go through every single player that that played for Watford yesterday and let's probably spend a few minutes on each of them, but we don't have time for that. So let's pick out um, some of our highlight performances, um, players who we thought really played well. Um, and, um, you know, let's see if we can... Decide upon a man of the match. I know. I know. Officially, that's gone to Imran Loser, but maybe we have our own one. So, um, so that we we can we can uh, yeah. have our own little man of the match for that one. But uh, yeah, um, Tom, why don't you start us off? Who do you think was uh, was the most important or the most important few players? If you want to expand, I think it's hard to look past Imran Loser's impact. Obviously, the assist for the first goal is, as I touched upon earlier, absolutely sumptuous. Really nicely taken goal himself albeit he was you know put under absolutely no pressure by QPR um but just generally he was at the, the heart of everything good and I think we saw the the real kind of best of him as a as a creative force he was second for final third passes completed only Porteous who completed 15 of 15 apparently was ahead of him he was second for shot assists first for through passes um and nearly scored a second, actually, as well in the uh, second half, didn't he? We sort of beat uh, Begovic with quite a deft kind of dinked effort that came back off the bar. So I thought I thought he was absolutely excellent. Jordan obviously touched on Ngakia and Morris and the role they played. Um, Ngakia, for someone who, and I've been as critical as anyone of him, and I thought he was the odd man out this summer in terms of the right backs with Ferreira only coming in in January and Andrews looking so good. He was... Brilliant and and like a player reborn. He had that game last season, didn't he? In was it Birmingham at home where he was? I thought he was good, and that may have been because he nearly scored a screamer, and everything else was kind of coloured by that. But I think yesterday he was. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Think, yeah that was a yeah, wicked shot. Yesterday he was undeniably the third for forward passes overall. Only Backman, which obviously you'd expect goalkeeper and Porteous ahead of him. Uh, tied with Semmer for the most uh, shot assists, completed all his dribbles, second on the field behind Ilias Chair, four progressive runs, which was second overall, and completed 60 of 70 passes that he attempted, which, you know, if you just said that alone, you'd think, bloody hell, that's A, unlike him, and B, unlike him to get such a high volume of passes off in in the first place. You know, he's not someone that you typically look to play for play through either so I think that's a couple of them we're not going to dominate the, the whole thing because Jordan obviously was able to watch the full 90 minutes but they were a couple of the real standouts for me yeah I mean I think you can you can really go through every player on this in, in this game and and have a 
have a decent opportunity to talk for a you know good amount of time because they all had such an in, important role and they all played their part so well. I think that for me, I, I still think personally, Imran Lees was great. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to talk about how those eights operated too because they're almost attacking players. You got to look at them at as well as as well. So that's it's interesting. But uh, for me, I think Syriata's just. I, I think the role that he played, all things considered, you know, different position for him. Um, but I think it's the most u- unique kind of mechanism in this team right now, and it's a really important one. And uh, I think seeing him do it so well, so so calmly, so coolly, um, he didn't really put a foot wrong. And I think, yeah, I, I think he's at, you know, it's not the same as as someone like Kapu necessarily. But you know, when you have that kind of unique player in your system, which just allows you to to build a team or to kind of build a structure around that sort of kind of. Um, that kind of difference maker, but not necessarily like a you know big goal threat sort of player. But he's someone that can really shift the tempo of the game, and he can allow you to 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 kind of adjust your your approach. And I, I think that role is something we're going to have to be looking at, kind of ongoing, assuming we stick with it. And for that, I think personally, Syriata also got the assist as well, so he even contributed in in forward areas too. But yeah, really, really big performance from him, and that was probably my man in the match. But you know, obviously, honourable mention to the likes of Imran Loser, who was really good. Um, I thought Matthias Martins obviously had his best game for us, and, and one that was kind of back in that eleven after not really featuring too much last year. But look, I just think it was really, really positive. So it's hard to pick them out uh, individually, even uh, even as good as they were. Nice, nice. If I had to pick a, a man of the match for. For myself, and we'll, we'll we'll pick one jointly in a moment. But I, I was very impressed with Ngakia because I felt like he really had to step up today, especially given a lot of the negativity that was at least out in the Twitter sphere. People weren't happy that he had been selected over Andrews, and you know he really needed to step up and say, "No, I deserve this place." And I think he really did that. He absolutely did that. So fair play to him. Um, probably one of his best games in a Watford shirt. You could say that for a few people. I think it was probably Imran Nuz's best game for us as well and um probably martin's best game i mean it's you could go through the whole team it's it's such a big change from last season yeah um but you you say there jordan that loser was particularly instrumental for you he looks like he's going to be the key player for us this season what do you think is different i mean it's it's very early days it's the first game but what do you think is different in the performance that we saw yesterday compared to what we've seen of him previously was he given something different yeah I think I think when you you look at Luz's performance for us previously he's he's played in such different roles across that midfield and I think the thing with him is he's always going to give you quality and possession uh, he's good off the ball he's not the best you know physically he's not gonna he's not gonna be a dominant physical player but his intelligence his his execution in possession top Top notch for the championship level, it's you know as good as it gets really, and he's someone that can that can cover a lot of gaps and and do well because of those attributes. But I think yesterday, you know, uh, it really feels like we've 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 looked at the squad we have, looked at the strong points we have in the likes of Imran Loser, and we've put them into into positions to succeed. You know, Tom Dele Bashiru and Imran Loser were playing in those kind of advanced positions. Though that that number six Riata sitting there and and kind of playing in that deeper role, and then the two eights in front. You know, they're getting wide, they're getting into the box, they're going to have an offensive threat as well. They're going to have to, you know, have to keep up throughout the game. They're working hard off the ball. But I think Imran Loser being able to improvise in forward positions is exactly where you want him. You know, you see him pop up for his goal on the right hand side, you know, cut in and and play that shot on with his left foot. He had another opportunity. We hit the crossbar as well, very similar. The freedom 
um, that you can give to a player that has that football that football IQ, you know, it allows it allows him to be the the, the best version of himself on the pitch, and I think it just suits him down to a T. So uh, you kind of give him like a, a platform to perform on, and and that's where you want him. I think it suits everything he does. So uh, yeah, putting him putting that sort of player on the front foot, uh, I think, is only going to give you positive things. Okay, nice, nice. I'm looking forward to seeing his next performance. Can I just say one thing as well? You mentioned Ngakia there. When when we talk about Jeremy Ngakia, you always think, you know, defensively, one-on-one, when we first got him, we thought he could be like a real, you know, lockdown defender, shut off that right channel um, and just be that kind of one-on-one defender that stops stops wingers in their tracks. And, you know, maybe that there's there's times that's that's fitting for a, for a championship side that you can you can kind of get away with a slightly more limited right back. But uh, credit where credit's due, I think offensively yesterday or just in possession in general, uh, on the on the ball ninety nine times in terms of touches ninety six percent pass accuracy out of sixty nine out of sixty six, um, five key passes in the game. He, you know he had a, he had a couple of shots one one blocked one one off target one on target, three out of four dribbles successful. He was just he wasn't wasteful and that's something we've seen you know, can he progress the ball going outside down that right flank he often kind of runs into corridors and he kind of loses options in possession but I thought yesterday coming inside and playing in that inverted position because you've got you think about him dropping into that role next to Syriata you've got Imran Loser and, and Tom De Bashiru your two wingers driving on vacuum bio driving forwards you create so many opportunities for them to get into space and receive the ball and once they do have it in front of them they've got so many more options and it, it really suited him so it, it's a much harder role in terms of a lot more to take in it's not that simplistic fallback role so I just wanted to yeah give him a bit of extra credit there because he's one that that myself and uh, and many others have doubted nice one Tom um let's touch on the striker shall we Raccoon Bayo he's um he's had his critics last season and um people were very upset when they saw that there wasn't a number nine shirt that had been assigned to anybody suggesting that they want a better striker. I think they probably would like another striker to come in the uh, in the door. But um, if you're Vakun Bayer, you're probably thinking, people aren't really backing me here. So you've got to say to yourself, I've got to go out there and, and, and impress and, and prove to these guys that I, I do deserve to be out here. He scored, but tell us a bit more about his play. What did we see him doing? And um, and what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's definitely somebody else that deserves a bit of, a bit of love, I think, because... As you, for all the reasons you've just rightly said, and I won't go over them, he hasn't been Mr. Popular uh, over the last year. But I thought that was probably his best performance yesterday as well. Um, it, again, like Luz and John said, playing different roles. Someone that's been asked to do something entirely different yesterday. He, the amount of times he came short, dropped into that little gap ahead of the midfield, came short into there, received the ball and either laid it off or bounced it back or whatever was, you know, it was virtually every time he got it, he was so good at that side of the game. It's not particularly complicated necessarily, but it's just not something we've ever seen from him. He has always looked a bit, don't want to, you know, denigrate the work he does. He's a professional footballer. I am emphatically not, but he's always looked a little bit chaotic and limmy and just, you know, all over the place previously. And you kind of go pigeonhole him a little bit as well. He's just a finisher. He just gets in the right area and scores, which, you know, not a bad quality to have, but yesterday they showed so much more, his game much more rounded um if you look at i've got it in front of me right now and i'll try and share it remember to share it later his kind of touch map he's taken a reasonable number of touches in the box six touches in the box but the vast majority of his touches probably have all come 25 30 yards from goal or deeper and i think that just speaks to the the kind of role that he performed yesterday and with the 
dual eights, as Jordan mentioned, being able to push on, that enabled him to go in the opposite direction and and, and do that. He was really quite um, effective in possession, 14 of 15 passes completed. He had, uh, I was just going to look it up, he received 20 passes overall, which again, I think you just wouldn't previously have seen of him and, and kind of speaks to that deeper role and, and greater involvement in the build-up play. It was it was a really, really good performance. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P from him and you know it, it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion that Reese Healy comes into the team anytime soon because um or certainly not to start because he's he's the man in possession of the shirt and that that performance yesterday indicates to me that he can do everything that that Ishmael wants of his uh, number nine whether he wears the number nine in his shirt or, or 19. So much better with his back to goal wasn't he as well I think that's yeah that's something as you, as you mentioned there you kind of think of him as a, a player that's sharp in the box we always talk about his kind of his pros you think of him as a, an instinct player in the box but he he was he was great at just playing with his back to goal and and coming in short and, and laying the ball off accurately, being able to spin off his defender and, and keep the play moving. I think again that that comes really as well from a lot of the understanding. I don't think we can we can't underemphasize how how difficult it is for for players to to play with fluidity and and speed and, and consistency when they're in a, a like a mixed match team with you know unclear instructions and, and lack of preparation and so on uh, I think you put these players in the environment where they are kind of you know they're given those tools to kind of play within it it does allow them to be elevated somewhat I think bio is a, a real example of that because you know he he was able to lay off those those touches and, and, and players you know his teammates in 
without having to kind of look. You know, he knows that Tom Dabashir is going to be there. He knows that Ken Simmons is going to be there. And he, he just does it instinctively. And that's, it's way better to see. Um, and his, his also as well, we kind of didn't maybe touch on it as much there, but his engine, his work rate off the ball, he was pressing the entire game. You know, he played 90 minutes yesterday. 90 minutes leading a line in that sort of team, it's it's, it's not easy. And he he was chasing down the goalkeeper to the last kick of the game. He, he didn't give up and... He actually didn't really look that gassed after the game either. He looked like he still had some in the tank. So that that was a real kind of a real well-rounded full performance from a striker there, which if it wasn't for how good the rest of the team played, that would have been there'd be kind of more attention drawn to that. Because I think it, it is undoubtedly, as you as you said earlier, the best game he's had for us. So yeah, credit to credit to Bayo because he's he he was one of those that that went out there and and really showed that he kind of earned his spot in the in the starting lineup. And I, I do think we will add a striker, and I think we should add a striker. But, you know, Bio is not to be overlooked. Just want to quickly add as well, you know, it's the sort of, the things he was doing are the sort of things that when your confidence is down, mm. it's easy to get wrong. You know, the amount of times you see it with strikers that are short players, that are short of confidence, those when you come in there and just bounce it back to the bloke who's played it into you and, you, you know, bounces off your foot, rolls over your foot, goes in the opposite direction entirely. So the fact that Ishmael's been able to kind of rehabilitate a bloke who was booed off the last time we saw him, basically, to the point that he looked so competent and so comfortable doing something we've not seen from him before, I think speaks volumes to the job that he's done over the summer as well, Ishmael on bio and his staff on bio. I think in regards to the team as well, there was the sign that really came through was a, a distinct lack of selfishness in terms of just the play overall. Um, you kind of look at Bayo's t- um, like Bayo's touch map as, as you mentioned earlier too, and you see him kind of in you know all areas of that front line. If you just looked at that in isolation, you probably think, oh, he probably had one of those games where he's down the channels, just picking up the ball and and getting onto loose balls and so on. But it's not. It, it wasn't even that. It's him vacating space to allow others to move into and as a striker you want you want to occupy that central position you want to be getting the box and, and having shots on goal but there was the selfishness by all players this uh, all players in the, in the team just to kind of you know allow others in, in better positions or better positions to get into those spaces and and have a shot on goal or, or be creative and, uh, and kind of work together the fluidity in that forward line those kind of front five players you can almost call them is key to it and you, you know bio has a big job to Kind of again, be that platform to allow those players to play off him, and you're effectively at times playing with a back three in a sense of Wesley Hoot and Ryan Porteous are there to make sure they win those those duels and don't let that ball get past them. Uh, same with Syriata, and then and then play forward into those guys and and really be creative and attack. And without Bio doing what he did yesterday and, and playing in that manner with his back to goal, but also from a from a pressing perspective, you just don't get the same success. And it's just a real a real team performance yesterday. It was it was. Very, very good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else who's been much maligned is Matthias Martins, but uh, it was an impressive second debut. But what was the what was the real difference from from Saturday's performance compared to what we've seen of him last season? Tom, do you want to take this one? I'll take it very quickly, and only to say that, and only to say that we actually saw him play, which was a start. You know, the poor bloke barely got a look in last season. As I recall, he played off the right last season, certainly did when he came on against Blackpool, which might have been the only time I saw him in the flesh. Um, through preseason and yesterday, playing on that kind of left-hand side and coming in on his right. But he's another one that looked kind of entirely rehabilitated from what we've seen previously. Jordan, hopefully you can put some more 
uh, flesh on the bones there, but uh, yeah. No, I think it's. I think you're right. I mean, it's very similar to what I kind of said about Imran Loser. You you put the player in a position to to make the most out of his attributes, and you know, coming from that left hand side, he's got the support. In, in terms of two eights, the striker, he's got fullback support when he needs it. But essentially, you're you're allowing him to isolate his man, be be attacking, take him on. You know, try and try and use your skill and and, and power where you can and attack the box. And this is a this is a chaos based attack. You want to have turnovers. We are getting turnovers, and that's great for wingers like to run at players because you know you're you're kind of moving back into into a defensive position and then suddenly your number 8's just turned over the ball and the ball's springing loose towards the left-hand corner and suddenly you're in a you're in a you know a beneficial position to go and attack the ball and get in the box. You're getting chances created for you. You're getting lots of opportunity to get on the ball, lots of chances to to take your man on. That's exactly what Martins should be doing. You know, he was he was quite industrious. Um he worked hard but he, he picked up the ball in in good in good areas and he, again he wasn't he didn't do too too much with it which he might be worried that martins would do there were a couple of occasions he you kind of expect that but he, he just looked like he understood his role and uh, you know if, if the team is structured correctly it's just designed to to kind of have those roles promote the best attributes of the players and i think martins was a was a prime example he was able to obviously get on the score sheet too um from a slightly kind of Maybe not from the most conventional way you'd expect him to begin on the score sheet, but it was a great header and uh, and well done to him. But he was, yeah, he was very effective, and I think he's one that again, if we keep him in that position and, and keep giving him opportunities, he's going to be a real threat. And we we definitely got to see the best of him, or more or closer to the best of him, compared to the kind of few little flashes I think we we got to see last year, and even those were few and far between on the very few occasions we did get to see him. So. Yeah, it was really, really promising. Good performance from him. Yeah, before we um, we we had the game, we put out a little tweet, didn't we, Tom, saying, uh, give us your opinion on who you think is going to be the player of the season, the young player of the season. And, and quite a few people went for Martins as the young player of the season. So mm. I, I just wonder if maybe he will grab that. Talent shouldn't be in question. I just think he was in so far as, you know, Brazil under 20s and obviously plenty of duds play for their national team at a youth level. But, you know, that, it's Brazil for crying out loud. Uh, just didn't get an opportunity last season. So I don't think we should be holding that against him, essentially. You know, we've we said we weren't going to go through the players individually. We've kind of we've kind of just by the nature of how good the team performance was as a whole, just talk about the the, the two centre backs and, and Daniel Backwell, because they were almost you almost have to look at those three as a as a defensive unit of their own now and uh it, and also the kind of way they operate in possession too. Um, one of the things that you know we've we've talked about with Backman in particular is you know shot stopping abilities there. Maybe there's some questions about claiming crosses and so on, but the real thing is what's he going to do with the ball at his feet? And, uh, this is this is a big question for us because we are playing a very high line now. It's going to be put into difficult situations too. But in possession, just by the way the team operates, when we've got the ball, especially going across that back line, we're generally quite high up for the most part, especially yesterday, playing against a weaker team like QPR. It's really important that Backman is a passing option for those centre-backs. And you know, most of the time when the centre-backs have the ball, they're looking at dropping it into one of the midfielders or, or playing it to the full-backs. But what Ismail's asking is, you know, this is a genuine outfield player passing option. You know, you can you can drop it into Backman and Backman is expected to, to find that pass forwards and, and play out from the back. And I think that's really the only way you can do it now. I think teams are able to commit bodies forward enough that if you don't allow your goalkeeper to be involved in those in those areas of the pitch when you are playing with the ball then you might as well just not try and play from the back and 
you know, I think that was a big ask of, of Backman. Uh, I think for the most part, he did that relatively well. Uh, I think there were a couple of occasions, though, when we were under a li- little bit more pressure and it was kind of more of a, a quicker build-up was required. But he did try a few things that didn't come off. One did result in a shot and was probably QPR's best chance. But um, I, I thought he was definitely serviceable from a kind of more... Uh, from a less pressured situation, which we could see him use more often. But I, I think if we were to talk about any weak points of the game, any kind of negatives, uh, I think Daniel Backman's use of the ball at times was one that will be sticking in the back of a few Watford fans' minds, thinking about how he will perform in, in a similar role a little bit down the line. What, what did you guys think about about that point in particular? It's definitely the area for concern, isn't, or not the area, but it's the uh, it's general kind of ability claiming crosses but I think that is an issue and I, it, I I don't know what do you think I feel like it's it's something players can learn but there is also an inherent kind of if you've been he's what 29 now if you've been asked to do something entirely different your entire career it is quite a sudden and radical departure from just being you know last line of defence to actively be invited to get involved in, in the play um, so I, it gives me some anxiety and I think just knowing how popular otherwise he is, the second he makes even a slight kind of error, the crowd will get jittery and, and that gives me kind of, you know, even kind of greater cause for concern as well. So, um, yeah, I'll keep an open mind, put it that way. Um, but it's it's not a role I'd ever envisaged him playing for us, put it that way. No, I think I think you have to have a little bit of a limitation, like a little bit of a cap put on what he can do, right? I think you have to find I don't think he's ever gonna be one of those goalkeepers that can be as active as you would like in an ideal world, but he can be someone that can that can play in certain situations and he's good enough that he can deal with a certain amount of pressure, but it takes, I think it's going to really become, it's really going to get to a point where it's down to Backman to, to kind of know his limits a little bit. Um, obviously yeah. you're still going to try things at times, but if he, if he can find that and, and the head coach is okay with it, then I think that's probably going to suit us best because we want include him where, where we can, even just for giving a passing option, you know, it does, it does change the kind of outlook of the, the build up a little bit. So if you can find a way to do that, then that's fine. But I think that is a risk that we've got to be a little bit aware of. Um, but apart from that, I thought, you know, it was, it was, it's interesting because he is going to have to play that sweeper role because we are higher up the pitch and so much of that game plan yesterday in terms of kind of having our, our our foot down on the pedal, it relies on Porteous and Hoot winning those first balls. You know, they they won so many of their duels yesterday, and they were they were good with their passing too. Porteous in particular was mm. was really good. And we got to see a few occasions from Wesley Hoot just using that left foot, which I think is kind of arguably the strongest part of his game. Honestly, is that is that left foot? Um, but you know, what was vital is they had to win that that first duel because if they if that ball does go over the top of them, if it does go behind them you are relying on Backman, especially when you've got those fullbacks in different positions and and so on. If it gets past Sirialdra, it gets to Porteous and, and Hoot, they have to make that that play. And in, just as importantly, once they have got that turnover, 
we've got to pick it up and play from there or one of the two of them has to be able to go in and, and do the same and you know, I thought I thought they used the ball yesterday was really good and it was kind of a possession based defensive kind of outlook was was almost our best form of defence because we were able to win that ball and then quickly get out of a defensive situation by kind of recycling possession through Serie Alta and starting again so they found each other really well but I think that's that's an area we've got to look at uh, and think to ourselves you know against a team that does offer a little bit more in attacking situations is that high line something we can we can be that high line something we can be as consistent with um but at the same time it's going to be interesting to see because you know i think yesterday we there was blood in the water so quick you scored after 40 seconds what i'm really proud of the team really pleased about it. we didn't let our foot off the gas and and slow things down and build up into it we just we just were relentless until you know until we got that second goal and third goal we didn't stop and i think that's a really good attitude to have for a team like us um, but I'm sure as the season goes on and as the games get a little bit more tricky we're probably going to see us fluctuate in and out of that sort of tempo as time goes on throughout that game rather than being at it the whole kind of first half as we were in that one and I think the, the the line depth and height is is an aspect that will be considered there too The thing with Batman as well that's worth noting you, you know it wasn't just getting on the ball it was right I've made my pass and I'm now going to jog up with the centre-halves. You know, maybe only a couple of paces behind them, I'm actually going to get up in line with them virtually at times, you know, rather than going, right, well, I've got rid of the ball, I'll just I'll just kind of set set up camp here. So it's going to take some getting used to, because honestly, I don't think we've ever had a goalkeeper that does it, have we? You know, the, the vast majority of our goalkeepers, if not all of them, have all been kind of very conventional and goalkeepers. And actually, a lot of them have had problems with distribution over the years as, as right back to Alec Chamberlain. I seem to remember he used to have a bit of a penchant for just whacking it out of play from, from the ground. So it's... Um, that was the style back then though, Tom. It, no, exactly. They loved it a good was. whack out, didn't they? They did, they did. Make it yeah. safe. That was the uh, the, the, the big shout, That's wasn't it? it. The, the other one I was going to say was there's a couple of times where he, he genuinely, instead of doing the old get it, from a corner or whatever, a ball into the box, runs the edge area with all the urgency in the world, then stop and just shout at everyone because he has no one's made an option for him. You know, he tried to be proactive. There was one that he didn't get right and he kind of sliced out in front of the um, lower GT, like one of those sidewinder ones. But there was, you know, there was a clear urgency to do that. So it's like everything. It's a work in progress. It's going to take time. I just, I just hope that people are kind of patient with him and, as you said, Jordan, I think he needs to know his limitations as well. And that's hard because you see goalkeepers that are genuinely good with their feet and good as kind of swing that sweeper keeper role, someone like Allison and Edison, you know, usually once a season, they make a cock up, don't they, on the ball where they either try and take it around someone or they just pass it straight to someone. And they're two of the best in the world in, in those kind of situations. So it's going to happen. And I, yeah, just hope there's kind of patience and a bit of understanding shown. I guess it will depend how we're doing at that point, what kind of level of leniency he's uh, shown by those in the ground. I hope that's what this season's for in a lot of ways, though. I hope there is an opportunity to to be a little bit risky and, and try things and, and build things. I, don't, I think the plan is to is to develop and and use kind of a few more windows to get us to a point where we are you know, really kind of an effective outfit. And, and now's the time to to find out about players and to find out what works and what doesn't and, and what we can do. So I've got no problem with, that, with us kind of making some mistakes and, and you know, losing some games if it means it has a, a, a good effect in the long run. So, yeah, it's just, a, I think it's just one thing we're going to be a little bit um, more aware of as time goes on and something we'll see probably have a few issues with. 
but you know that's that's part of Ismail's style. He, there's a risk reward that you're you're kind of playing with at all times, and I think for the most part, you know, if you're okay with with having a couple of shootouts every now and then, then it's just, it's not the worst thing. It's just uh, it's something to get used to. As you say it's not it's not something we're overly familiar with, so uh, it should be interesting to see how how that how that pans out. So plenty of differences then. On uh, Saturday, another difference was uh, the fact that Watford are now allowed to use five substitutes, and we did indeed use all five. The first one was at half time with Andrews coming on for Morris, and then on the six-six minute mark, uh, Ishmael opted to change the whole midfield with uh, Loser, Sheralta, and Deli Bashiro all coming off for Kone, Livermore, and Chak Vitadze, I think. Um, we will get better at that one as we go through the season. But um, before we go on more about his particularly impressive performance, Jordan, do you think this is something that we're likely to see more from Ishmael? The um, the complete change of of a midfield, or or, or using you know a whole load of substitutions in one go? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say the whole change of the midfield will be one we would would do overly consistently. I think the scoreline obviously allows you that freedom, but. I think we will make the most of the substitutes we're allowed. You know, provided we get a couple more in and we have a bit more depth in the bench. This is a this is a tough system to play um, for ninety minutes, and you know, especially over the course of the season, injuries will pop up. We'll have games in midweek and so on. I think you will get more out of the team if you do have those legs you can bring on and, and continue that kind of tempo and allow you to play with that sort of aggression still and, and being proactive to proactive defensively it allows you that. So, uh, yeah, I do think we'll use it. I mean, it's a good tool because it keeps players motivated that aren't starting because they've got a good opportunity to get on the pitch still. Um, it allows you to make adjustments when necessary. I think if it suits anyone, if it suits any team, it's a team like Watford that, that play in the style, the manner that we do, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing for us. So, so, yeah, I do expect to see more of it, and I thought it worked. It, it was a good opportunity for us, and you know, we didn't we didn't score in the second half, but we got to see uh, some different options there and allow them to get some minutes. And yeah, it was it was very beneficial for us, and especially too, as we kind of we discussed a little bit off air too. But with the, the longer running games, it's going to become even more important. You know, if you're playing, you know, your games go from from ninety or about a hundred minutes a game to suddenly one hundred and ten or even you know or more. <laughs> then you can use the help you can get in terms of substitution. So it is a positive. Jordan, Jack Fidazzi was hugely impressive off the bench. I think we all love to see someone who gets the ball and just runs with it and has skill as well. There was one particular uh, moment where he kind of um, was he, he kind of received the ball and flicked it and then ran around and, and he had to get pulled back in the end to uh, draw the foul, basically. But it was um, <laughs> yeah. he's that kind of quality that perhaps we've been missing... In, in the last couple of seasons where we've got that exciting young potential talent that if he can be moulded properly and if he manages to stay uh, free from injury, which has often been his problem in, in his own career, we could have a real talent on our hands there. How did he uh, look to you? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, again, that's one of the benefits of the, of the shape we are playing and the freedom that players are allowed. I think we, can, we can't underestimate the, the the importance of freedom and attacking positions that we're given. I think he really benefits from that. Um, I, I mentioned when I was watching his his footage just before or kind of around the time he signed. Um, he, he's a player that, He's one of those players that you watch on on you watch on tape and you just hope when they come to your club they they replicate that and they play in the same way and he 100% did. He just plays at 100 miles per hour the whole time. That's just how he operates. There's no he's just like a binary footballer. You know, it's either on or off. He's just going. Um and it, it's it's really useful in in terms of kind of 
energy for the team and and kind of attacking threat. He looked controlled, but he's able to take players on. He's able to move well, get shots away. He tried to take a few shots. You could tell he really wanted to score in that game. But yeah, just a touch of quality exactly when we needed it. And I think too, which is what's also nice, is because of subs that we made, we got to see him in a couple of different positions too. He started off centrally and then kind of drifted out to that left-hand side um, for the kind of second portion of his spell there. Um, and you know, again, that that number eight position is much more of an offensive position than we maybe thought it was originally. So you have a lot more options now, and the likes of Espria too that can come in and and play in those areas. And you think of a front, you, know, you kind of think of a midfield. If you had, if you if you had, you know, Espria in there too, and you suddenly got you know a lot of creative options. So he was really really good, and I think that's a, a promising debut to work off of. And I'm sure. I'm sure he's probably quite pleased with it. I'm sure the coach is pleased with it. And it sounds like there's a, a general, quite a good feeling around around the player coming in um, from his first training session up to his first appearance. So yeah, it was a, it was a very, very good debut, I'd say. Now, um, for the most of this pod, we've been very sort of like pro-Watford. Didn't they do well? And they did. And um, we're not uh, denying that. But um, we were playing against a, a very poor QPR side and that has to be pointed out. Jordan, I noticed that um, you got a tweet, I think was from Ben Slater um, mentioning that against better opposition, do you think we could get exploited in behind with, with a, a lack of pace in the centre-backs and a goalkeeper who is still adjusting to coming off his line? Do you, do you want to go into that kind of potential and talk about the the possible uh, downsides of this tactic that we that we saw on Saturday against some better quality talent this season? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. It, it can be a problem because... As I said, it's a risk reward. It's a very off attacking kind of philosophy. Um, you could you could call it gung ho if you want, but I think what we have to bring into co- into context here is we are basing it off one game, and the fact is we were playing as a QPR side that we kind of we kind of had our foot on the necks the whole time. There was no reason to really let off. They weren't troubling to us too too much. So you can be aggressive, but if you're talking about playing a, a better team. You don't you don't have to engage in that way. You can still play with a with a high press, you know, you know, off the ball system. It doesn't have to be maybe as a, it's not going to be maybe as effective because you are going to stretch that that space a little bit by having a deeper line. But you can decide when to take your risks, when to apply that pressure, and when not to. So it's really going to be a problem mainly when we're looking to be you know offensive that's when it's you know, the, the quick turnovers and and the ball's coming back at you that's the problem there's nothing to stop you kind of sitting in your shape a little bit more than what we got to see in this one um they'll be capable of doing that and i think that's awesome when we'll start to see that that mechanism of Syria to dropping into that back three a little bit more um to try and you know compensate and help in those areas too but you know if there are going to be a few occasions where the ball comes over the top and we uh, and we do get punished for it um There'll be a few games like that. There's going to be some issues that we have to kind of get through, and you know we might change personnel over the year, over the months and and see what we can do to to potentially limit the effect of those things. But uh, I just think it's a necessary risk um, that you take to give the opportunity to be as offensively threatening as as we can potentially be. I, I'm okay with taking that, and I'm okay with conceding a couple of goals if it means that we can kind of allow the likes of loser Espria instantly comes in these attacking players to to score goals for us. Okay, good stuff. Um, Watford move on then to Tuesday night where they are in Carabao Cup action against Stevenage away and. Um, we feel it might be a different squad, but what do you think, Tom? What's your opinion of, of the game? And uh, are you looking forward to a cup run? Are you hoping for a cup run this season? 
I don't have a strong feeling either way, I must admit. I would I would like us to have a cup run because it injects some excitement into the season, I guess. But equally, I wouldn't blame Ishmael if, given we've got a fairly thin squad, he rested some kind of key starters and whatnot. I guess he might look at it slightly differently, to be honest, and say, well, you know, we're trying to impress this style of play upon the players. We need those kind of first-team players to get exposed to as many proper competitive minutes as possible and therefore not make wholesale changes as has been the case in the past. I suspect we might see a couple of those guys come in that are signed, uh, Reese Healy um, and Chatford, I'd say probably two of them that might get a bit of a, a bit more of a go, but um, yeah, it would be, uh, it w- that would be my kind of mind reading of his mind. Interesting. Good mind reading. Um, Jordan, what do you reckon? Stephen Edge away. Uh, for me, it's just an opportunity to try some try some players that are you know looking to get into the first team and and see what they've got. You know, I think you talked about a couple of debuts there. There's still more to make. You know, Healy coming in would be good to see. You know, what's your alternative to Syriata in that position? You got a couple of centre backs that are looking to get minutes. Um, fullbacks too there's players in every position we want to get minutes in and see what they can do and keep them kind of primed and ready so hopefully it's enough to beat Stevenage but it's enough or sorry it's at least a good competitive opportunity to to work on a on a, on a system a style we're still trying to implement fully um, and the more minutes are available to to give some of those players that aren't featured or haven't featured yet time to do that uh, the better I think it's a it's a good chance to to get more games and there might be times that there might be times later on in the season we don't want more games but right now uh, yeah give us a chance and, and let's see what the uh, the other guys can do. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. We haven't had a good League Cup run for quite a while, have we? In the League Cup specifically, I know we did. We got to the final of the FA Cup not too long ago. But what do you, what's your memories of the League Cup? Have we? What, what's your what's your most recent positive uh, memory of a League Cup game? I actually can't even. I can't even think of positive memories. It was Liverpool where Gerrard scored both legs. I don't remember getting to another League Cup semi final. If I'm honest, was. Was the Thomas Priskin goal against Tottenham? Was that in the League Cup? Was that FA Cup? I think you might be conflating it with an FA Cup run. Was it? I thought for some reason I thought it was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe apparently League Cup hasn't really left much of a mark on us in general. I suppose. Well, there you go. We definitely need something then. I guess we do. My highlight was watching us lose to MK Dons last year with you, Matt. How about that? In recent memory. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay then. any other business time? Anything else you want to guys you guys want to bring up? I think that's probably covered most of it for now. As I said, we'd like to get deeper into maybe some of the tactical elements and, and go through some of that in a bit more detail. I'm glad we got to cover it as we did today, but I think we'll probably benefit from from uh, looking at it a little bit closer. But apart from that, I think we we got through the majority of the of, of the main talking points. It's a good good return to championship football. Nice. Uh, one thing that Tom spotted is that Watford are potentially back in the race for Sori Cabba. Mm, yeah, that sounds like that was the sounds like that's been the most likely one out of the reported deals, and you know it's a good source reporting it now. So yeah, that 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 might have some some legs in it, and that could be one that that goes through potentially by the sounds of it. Two million is a reported fee that Watford might end up paying. Does that feel like that would be about right? Yeah, that was a pretty pretty good pretty good deal. Feels like the absolute limit of what we might spend on one individual player this summer. Potentially. <laughs> so yeah. yes. 
potentially. I think it's, it's, it's you know it's a player that 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 can offer you something different, and he's got a bit of bit of history in the league, and he, he suits. Uh, a vacant role that we're, we're we're clearly looking to fill, so it, it would make a lot of sense. And I think it's a relatively good gamble to make on a, on a player for about two million. I think that's 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 something we could we could well be in for. Nice. Well, you can't have too many cabs in one team. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening uh, as always and interacting with the pod as well. It was great to get uh, the interaction from the. Uh, Pick your player of the season, uh, etc. Tweet that we put out. We got quite a bit from that, which was lovely. Um, we'll be doing more of that as we go through the season, trying to uh, promote ourselves on Twitter and 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 get the engagement up. We'll also be back after the visit from Plymouth Argyle next Saturday, when hopefully we're talking about another victory. But it will be a sterner, tougher test indeed against someone who has been tipped to be up the top come the end of the season. Once again, you can support us via Patreon if you'd like to do so. Just type in Patreon and Watford Buzz Podcast and you'll find us there. And also a shout out, uh, if you haven't done so already, to give us a review on iTunes. Just type in Watford Buzz Podcast, go to the bottom and uh, give us a rating out of five and uh, leave a little note for us as well. We'd love to read that. And uh, if we get one in, we'll read it out on the show. Okay, then. Um one more thing, you can follow us on Twitter if you're not already doing so, at Watford Pod. Uh, we also have our separate handles, at Messi Messiano, at Jordan Weimer, and at TB Burdell. But until next time, it's been a fantastic start to this season, 4-0. I wonder if we can match up to that next week. Until then, we've been the Watford Buzz Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next time. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 